Hello and welcome to the first episode of whatever the hell I titled this podcast. All right. Hey, where's the music? Where's the music? Hey, come on. Ah, there it is. All right. Uh, Sit tight for a sec. I'm going to let this play out. Alright, this is the best part. You listening? You listening? This is the best part. Alright, let's get it. shit slaps but that's enough of that all right because now it's time to talk about hereditary Ooh. okay see this um hereditary is an a24 film directed by ari aster that came out fairly recently maybe 2010s late 2010s and i i'm just gonna say it i think that it is one of my favorite horror movies i have ever seen and uh well, is it unpopular to like Hereditary? No. But that's just because it's really good, alright? And I'm I'm gonna be completely I'm gonna be completely fucking honest, alright? Our horror movie industry kinda sucks right now. It kinda sucks, you know, peep the old pee pee, alright? It it sucks the big old pee pee right now because we're no joke, we're living in the shadow of the fran of the franchise, uh the conjuring, right? And we're living in that sort of bubble where horror movies right now are just sort of jumping in your face, screaming as loud as they possibly can, and then leaving you to just sit there with, you know, with nothing ultimately, nothing substantial, you know? It's it's like um, it's like if you bit into a, a steak or something and there was just nothing but air on the inside, all right? And you really just wanted a good-ass steak, but there's nothing there, all right? Look, um... The Conjuring movies are good to watch with friends, right? But are they good movies? I don't think so. Now, Hereditary, let's get back on topic. This is a movie that will scare you on multiple levels, okay? And you you may be thinking, wow, multiple levels. I mean, that's, you know, you might be thinking that's not hard to come by. It kind of, it kind of fucking is right now. It kind of fucking is. Um... But yeah, Hereditary, first of all, it does have jump scares. It's not reliant on jump scares like the the fucking nun. Hey, hate that movie. But it does have jump scares, all right? So it keeps you on your toes. This is not a fast-moving film. This is the type of film that if you're not if you're not paying attention to it, if you're not paying attention to it, it may come off as boring. However, if you if you are like even paying half attention to it this movie is it's incredible first of all it's realistic all right it's realistic and because of that you feel immersed it's not like the nun where it takes place in some goddamn foreign country i don't even remember the goddamn name of like bulgaria or some shit nothing no no disrespect to bulgaria this is just set in i don't even know rural america it's relatable it's common the family that the movie centers on is is 
They are characters that we see little pieces of ourselves in, no matter how different you may be from them, right? And that's ultimately where Ariaster plays his strengths. He knows he knows that the target audience uh, would best be represented by people as common as the main family in Hereditary, and so that's the route he chooses to take, right? He chooses to take these people and exploit their, you know, their tensions that they have with each other because this is a movie about family tension and he plays it up until, he, he, he plays it up like a violin string, ready to fucking snap, ready to just break. And he pulls it and he pulls it and he fucking pulls it, he fucking pulls it. And then bang, and bang, he snaps it on you and everything goes to shit. That's the magic of Hereditary, right? You think, you, for, for two-thirds of the movie, you sit through extremely, extremely uncomfortable and disturbing, like, real-world family tensions, thinking, okay, the trailer misled me, this is really a movie about, like, moving on from grief and, I don't know, controlling parents or some shit. I don't want to spoil, I really don't want to spoil, spoil, but to fully discuss it, I kind of have to talk about the ending. It hits you like a ton of bricks because it just suddenly turns into cult shit. And it's not that it wasn't foreshadowed, but it really, it's, I've always thought of it as a melt. You know what I mean? Like, for two-thirds of the movie, at the start, you have this perfectly solid, you know, mundane and uh, mundane and horrifying situation, right? And it's perfectly solid. But then, then all of a sudden, things start to get melty. And in the ending, in the ending, it's a fucking puddle! Because it's all, it's all melted into this really disturbing, hallucinatory, you know, praise be unto Satan style, fantastical, weird shit. And I live for that crap, you know, man? I mean, there's no better movie than one that gets weird with it, right? There's no better movie than no than than one that knows how A to make you think, B to get weird, and C to just, you know, feel feel free in its own I don't know where the hell I was going with that. You know, um that's why Hereditary is one of my favorite horror movies ever because it 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 sets you up for something very very already horrifying and then it just blows you out of the fucking water. That's why I love Hereditary so much. But, uh, I'm gonna keep talking, right? Uh, I, I actually, I have heard people clown on the acting in this film, specifically, uh, the, the guy, I think his name's Peter or something, um, and you know what? Uh, I disagree. I think, I think when people mock the acting of, uh, Peter in this movie, uh, the, the actor also plays in the new... Uh, Shyamalan movie called Old. He he's a teenage boy. I've heard people clown on his acting in the scene where he he cries because he he cry he cries basically like a little tiny kid like <laughs> type shit you know. But that's that's the point. That's intended, man. I mean, look at I mean look, when you when you take a step back and you think about it, it works, right? I mean, yes. This is another one of those things where if you're not like if you're not like really paying attention to it and you don't really care about it, it's gonna come off as silly. 
But if you're, like, invested in it, then you realize that Peter is just, you know, a teenager going through the motions who doesn't really understand his family troubles, who doesn't really understand truly what he's doing. He's just going through his life one step at a time, and suddenly he fucks up royally because he's just trying to live a little. He, okay, I'm gonna spoil it. He, he indirectly gets his baby sister killed. Because he just wanted to, you know, have a fun teenager. He wanted to live it up. He wanted to live it up. And it ended up, he ended up paying the price, right? So, you know, he, he has so much on him. And he has this screwed up mother. And he has, well, I don't remember the father. But his, his father is also, he seems to take a passive role in his life as far as I remember. And you just realize that, I mean, Peter is just, he is He's growing up, but he's missed some sort of pivotal moment in his maturing process. And at any moment, like like a deck of cards, he could fall over and just snap back into a child. And that's exactly what happens. So if you pay attention, if you just notice these things, if you immerse yourself into the movie and you pay attention to what the director is trying to tell you, then, then these things become clear. Um, yeah. And as far as acting goes in this movie, I don't think you can go better than Tony Collette. Right? If you don't know Tony Collette, um, you may you may know her from this movie because this is a famous movie, uh, and you may know her from *Knives Out*. She played Joni. She played uh, basically like a valley girl bitch who was like, <clears throat> give me a sec. She was basically like, um, excuse me, who is that guy sitting there in the corner? And then she'd say she was basically this really annoying media influencer. And this is important because if you watch Knives Out before Hereditary, <laughs> you will be fucking shocked. <laughs> because in Knives Out, she is the f- funniest character in the movie. She is just, everything she says makes you want to die. And it's funny because, like, she's a satire of these all these fucking influencers on, like, Instagram and shit. And she's, she's so funny. But you watch Hereditary, and then you just... You think, oh my god, is that the same lady? Because she delivers, like, some of the most intense, like, intense, sorrowful, fucking angry. Like, you could feel the wrath on her face and every single wrinkle on her face, you could feel the fucking wrath. You know? It's just masterful, right? Going, I mean, I saw Hereditary first, but I can just only imagine going from... Knives Out to that is astounding. It probably hits you like a bag of, of fucking bricks, if you ask me. Um, I also think that I I, th- <laughs> I think the little girl did a good job being weird. <laughs> I think she did a good job acting like a fucking psychopath, uh, cutting the little head off the bird. And that's such a that's such a good scene. That is an amazing scene. You know why? You know why? Because. It's so, like, it feels so cultist. And that's, like, your first clue that whatever is going on is definitely going to have some sort of greater undertone. Because, I mean, before before that, you might think it's just a movie about grief. Alright, and I'll be honest, I don't remember the sequence of uh, scenes. But before that, you wouldn't be wrong in thinking this is just a movie about grief. With some mild, you know, spooky themes in it, you know? But then you get to that scene where, you know, 
with that, I'm sorry, but with that weird-ass look on her face, she walks to the dead bird that hit the freaking window. It's, it, it broke its own neck. She walks up to it, takes a pair of scissors, and she cuts into that bird's neck and takes its head off. Not only is that foreshadowing of the, of the movie's climax and of one of the most intense scenes of the entire movie with all the beheading and shit, but it's just... <laughs> and this is entirely surface level, no analyzation. It's fucking weird. That's like the first clue, as I remember, that this movie is going to be bizarre and a total fucking trip. This is the first time that you feel, like, disarmed by the movie. And, um, I mean, say what you want about Ari Aster. I think he's a little pretentious, but he knows how to make weird shit, all right? And I can always respect weird shit, right? <sighs> the truth is, I love Hereditary at its most culty. You know, I like to praise all parts of it. I like to give recognition where recognition is due. But I'm a sucker for the cult shit. What can I say? Um, and that... So what... So what do you expect me to say about that final shot? That final shot where all those, like, naked people are kneeling to this huge mannequin. I shit you not. A mannequin that its head, its wooden head, has been replaced with the still-rotting head of Peter's little baby sister. And all these, like, middle-aged people are kneeling, completely nude, butts to the sky, in, in, in service to this fucking thing, this, this abomination. And Peter himself is crowned. Like, he's, he is the incarnation of one of the princes of hell, basically. And then, just when you think it can't get any more bizarre, just when you think this movie can't get any weirder, it does! It... It, it zooms out. The camera zooms out. They're in the, they're, okay, picture this. If you don't know what I'm talking about, picture this. They're doing this in a treehouse, right? A small treehouse. So their space is limited. So a zoom out would picture the outside, right? With all the trees and, and, and ground they live by, right? No. No, it doesn't. When the camera zooms out and it doesn't even, oh, oh my God, I'm getting so excited. It doesn't zoom out. It takes little like, jump cuts to the outside in a, in a way that simulates zooming out but skips this it, it, it breaks it up it's not seamless it's it's choppy it's intentionally so it feels unnatural and every time every time the cultists say hail it zooms out just a little bit more it jumps out a little bit more and outside of the treehouse bordering the treehouse is just an abyss of darkness Nothing else, as if the entire world itself has been consumed by this satanic figure that now inhabits Peter's body. Oh my god, what a final shot. I love that. It's so good. This movie is just masterfully done, right? Um, and, and it's not even the culty bits, although those are my favorite. I just like... I like all of it. What can I say? I love the scene... I love the scene when um, when Peter's in class and he bangs his head on the desk and his, his face is a broken, bloody mess and he's screaming like hell and everybody's terrified. I love that shit. I love it. I love it. You know? 
seeing him just like spasm on the floor with a bloody broken nose screaming hell and you know everybody's horrified that shit i live for that shit bro that's when movies can just, can just make me positively giddy with excitement you know like when a movie knows how to get weird and disturb the shit out of you that's when you know it's worth watching hereditary if you haven't seen it you must <sighs> and even if you're not into that culty shit right even if that's not your style, somehow, I don't know how it could not be your style, but even if you're not into that, this is also, I, uh, this is also a very, very gripping, uh, story about losing a loved one, and actually, I have to praise the trailers, uh, for this little switch around, uh, spoiler alert, I, if that's even helpful anymore, um, this, uh, this fucking, the trailer, right, which is actually masterfully, uh, put together, um, it makes you think, it uses camera work and montaging like trailers do to make you think that Tony Collette's character in the beginning of the trailer is mourning over her dead grandmother. Now, I mean, it, it might sound like I'm hyping up something completely stupid, but isn't it fascinating how much control the people who make the trailers have over the actual movie itself and like people's perception of it because uh you you look you look at the trailer and you think like she's you think Tony Collette is is sobbing her eyes out because of her dead grandmother and then you get to the movie and she doesn't even seem all that broken up about it she doesn't really seem like torn up so what's the big deal then and realistically you're not thinking of the trailer when you watch the movie but Looking back on it, you think, what the hell is the big deal? She's not crying like she did in the trailer. And then the party scene hits. And that part... <laughs> that part where the audience can kind of tell that the little girl is about to get her head, you know, broken off. Uh, you realize, oh my god. That's what was in the trailer. The people who put that together tricked you. They tricked your little mind. They took pieces from the movie and they broke it up to manipulate you. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that just so fascinating how they can have this control over your perception of what is going to happen? I know it's not anything like revolutionary, but I mean, it's kind of cool actually, I think. And then, uh, what the hell else can I say? Oh yeah, that dinner scene, that dinner scene is just amazing wonderfully acted by both Tony Collette and whoever the hell plays Peter, right? Because this is shortly after the little girl's death, right? And this is this is this is my favorite scene in the movie that isn't like related to cult shit in any way. Or it isn't it isn't supernatural or anything. In this scene, uh you know, it's all deadly quiet. It's dark. It's dark in the house. The house itself feels dead in this scene. It's so cool. The house itself is just shrouded in blackness and all the light, all the light in the scene comes from like, I don't even know where it comes from, like a really, really dim yellow lamp light or something that just comes off as, it, it, it makes all the main characters look like they're terminally ill, basically. It makes them all look sickly. So already, the, the lighting works wonders to make you unnerved, Right? And then, and then, oh, the writing for this movie is beautiful. 
then they get in a they get in a huge argument over like what happened um, to whatever the whatever the hell the little little girl's name is, and it's so intense. This is one of the biggest strengths of Hereditary is that it can take you by the neck, it can clutch onto your freaking neck, and it can put you in the scene whether you want it to or not. And no matter how much you want to leave, no matter how much you want to break immersion, in this scene, I fucking bet that you can't. I bet that as you watch Tony Collette completely explode on her own son and cuss him out and, you know, scream and hit the table, I bet you can't take yourself out of that scene, no matter how much you want to, because of how uncomfortable it is and how intense it is and how it just... Like, scary she looks. I mean, no disrespect, but she looks horrifying in that scene. You know, she looks like she has pure venomous fucking hatred in her eyes. Like, I do not see that that often in films, right? It's through this usage of lighting and this completely, like, <laughs> realistic and frightening, like, tension between the main characters that this scene excels. And it's, you know, honestly, it's probably my favorite scene of the movie. However... However, I would like to talk about one last scene that I really, really like. And I'll be completely honest with you. I only really remember it because of somebody close to me who recently watched the movie. Right. Um, they told me they watched Hereditary and I about jumped in excitement. I was like, really? Um, yeah, I was very excited. And he, he told me, this guy, he told me about a scene that like, scared the shit out of him and I was like oh my god yeah that seems so good basically Peter is walking through his house and it's completely dark it's nighttime it's completely dark <laughs> you know traditional horror movie dark dark house although there there is a weird familiarity and a sort of weird comfortness that I that I always felt whenever I saw their house when it was dark I always, I think I think it owes to the fact that this movie is intentionally made to like relate to all of us. Like I said, you know, we're supposed to we're supposed to see pieces of our life depicted in the reality that this movie depicts even though um it gets weird at the end. We're supposed to sort of resonate with it almost. And that's why I kind of feel like their house is <laughs> really strangely familiar. It's like something that you see in a dream. And it feels real to you, but you know it's not. I don't know. Anyways, the scene that I really like is when he's walking through his house at night. And this is near the end. So all the cult shit is here. And, oh, God, I love this part. He is walking through his living room, all right? Now I want you to imagine the camera shot. Looking up, the focal point of the shot is his head. His, his big old head right? His big head. And that's what you're looking at, right? That's what you see. That's what Ari Aster wants you to see. However, however, something isn't right. You're looking around the dark house, even though not much of it is presented in the camera shot. And you see this weird little, oh my god, it's the fucking mother and her head is decapitated and she is floating in the freaking air. She is doggy, doggy paddling through the freaking air. 
she is floating on air. She is possessed by some otherworldly evil, and her head is chopped off, and she's just a bloody stump on her head or her neck, and she is floating in air. And you didn't realize it because you were too busy looking at the focal point of the camera shot. It is intentionally meant to mislead you. And when you realize it, when you get duped and you realize that there's been a dead, white-clothed, you know, headless woman floating in the foreground this entire time, you think to yourself, what the hell else is this movie hiding from me? What other terrifying shit have I not noticed? And, you know, how much of it lurks right underneath my nose? How much terrifying shit do I not notice in my life? You know, that's, that's reaching a little bit. But that shot, that camera shot, is absolute genius, gold, because you're meant to look at his face, you know, his facial expressions, because that's what humans do. We scan other people's facial expressions because we're sympathetic creatures. But you look, you look in the foreground because eventually your curiosity gets the better of you and you see something disturbing as hell. And you think, what else is this movie hiding? That's that's why that scene and that one camera shot that the you know Ariaster pulls off is so magical, and it's you know it enhances the movie's disturbing tone so well. This entire movie is just a completely unpleasant you know an unpleasant foray into the reality of our world that eventually melts into something satanic and evil. When Conjuring 3 does Satanic, it turns it into a cheap fucking punchline, like something you'd see out of Supernatural. When Hereditary does it, it feels like some otherworldly, you know, alien shit that you just can't help but, you know, submit to. And yet, it feels like something that we've known all our lives, something that lurks within our, you know, the corner of our eyes. Something that we don't notice until it's too late and we're all biting at each other like rabid fucking animals, you know? This movie is is horrifying because of what it makes us realize, even if we realize that we realized or not, if that makes any sense. Uh, okay, I think that's long enough. Thank you for listening. Um, now, uh, safe travels. Woohoo! <laughs>